0: What is happening, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of SBST. As always, Milan, uh, I'm here. You know, alongside Bowen, uh, we got a lot to talk about. It's been a, it's been the last few weeks. We haven't really made a, a lot of episodes. We technically we have made episodes. We've just you know, life's gotten in the way. Editing has been a little tough, um, but we're promising to ensure more consistency going forward from now on. You know, the Euro start, I believe, next week. June 11th. So, June 11th. So it's going to be, it's definitely going to be a busy few weeks for me and Bowen, um, but we're excited and can't wait to give you guys more and more news uh, as it happens. But yeah, Bowen, um, like how, how are you feeling about this last week of sports? I mean, a lot of stuff happened even in this, this last week.
1: Yeah, Milan, I'm going to be honest with you right now. I've, um, I've watched less sports than I'd like to admit. Um, I really, I, I paid attention to the Champions League final. I've watched some basketball but school's gotten really really in the way for me right now taking three online classes but um it's a lot as you say man. it's sports world moves 24-7 so you, you just really have to keep track of it but um a lot of stuff has happened obviously Chelsea winning the Champions League final to uh to my demise uh we're gonna talk about that but yeah how how was uh have you been how have you been keeping it up with it all the last week uh
0: well yeah like similarly to you except for the fact that I'm not really taking summer classes like it just seems that life can just get in the way every now and then yep. you just can't really keep up with everything all at once but you know um the Champions League final happened over the weekend you had uh, earlier uh, in the week you had the Europa League final a uh, lot of management movements uh, throughout yeah. Europe um some stuff in the NBA. so we've got a lot to talk about today for we sure do. we do
1: so let's get uh, you want to kick
0: off with uh, you want to kick off with the Champions League final?
1: Yeah, someone, as we both know, by now the Champions League final took place over the weekend on Saturday. Manchester City up against Chelsea, two, two English powerhouses in recent times. And it was Chelsea that prevailed on the day. Uh, I, I, it was a tough watch, I'm going to be honest. Uh, Kai Havertz's goal, he separates the two sides right before halftime, uh, put a goal, Ederson comes out, Havertz gets around him and puts in the... One and only goal of the match that was the winners. So Chelsea, second time Champions League winners in the last nine years. Uh, Thomas Tuchel, and I think and we could talk about this more in a minute. But I think Thomas Tuchel has done an absolutely superb job in turning around Chelsea's season this year. He came in, he rated that ship. There was the pieces in place from the Lampard uh, regime, but he came in, and made the pieces fit, and got that engine up and going. So. Uh, shout out to Chelsea on that one. Um, as an Arsenal fan, it's obviously tough having a city rival go to win the Champions League for the second time in under a decade, but you got to respect what they've accomplished. Um, what were your thoughts on the match? Because uh, it was a tough group for me as an Arsenal fan, but as a fan of football, it is Chelsea set out what they wanted to do, set out what they wanted to accomplish, and did just that and took them took them the trophy at the end of the day. So what, where, where are you... Yeah, you take it from here. You take it
0: from here. Well, personally, at least compared to the Europa League final, I was very entertained by the Champions League final. Uh, The last time we had an All-English final, it was a snooze fest. uh, With uh, Tottenham and Liverpool, it was completely boring. And I was falling asleep watching the Europa League final, which we'll get to a little bit later on. But um, the Champions League final, I I thought it was a good game. Um, I'll speak on, you know the light blue side of it a little bit later because I have my own opinions yeah, on that. As you, as you all, as you all may know, as you all may know. Um, but yeah, it was a fantastic game from Chelsea, the game plan, whatever it was, it was played to perfection by uh, Thomas Tuco, who, as you said, he's done a great job in turning around Chelsea season. Yep. Um, you know, he's gotten the most out of a player like N'Golo Kante, uh, who for some throughout these last two managers, I believe, people have been questioning his ability uh, people didn't really like him in Saudi system. Cause Sari was playing was a central midfielder, more of an attacking role. And it wasn't really working for him. Um, in this box to box role where he's able to just run, run and run. Like he, which he is so good at. He by far, as you know, the results have shown, he's been the man of the match in the last four knockout games they've had in, in Europe. Mm. And, you know, deservedly. So he's one of the best players in the world. Yeah. Uh, undoubtedly the best box-to-box player in the world and you know that call that I had for uh Angola content for Ballon d'Or it's really starting to build a proper proper case right now considering his resume for this year
1: yeah he's definitely putting himself a great uh a great list of accomplishments together no doubt about that uh for him to win it and that's as we've said before, we've talked about this in the past, but for him to win it, it's gonna be a monumental. He'll gonna have to have another incredible showing at the Euros and uh, keep it up into the second half of the calendar year. But to, to date, he's definitely proved himself. Uh, he, he's not a one tournament wonder, one season wonder. He's people know knew his quality, and he proved it yet again with. Uh, his performances in the Champions League and obviously capping it off with the Champions League victory. So, in goal, Conte, um, top, top player, and he's just proven it again. Do you want to talk about? Um, I want to touch on Antonio Rudiger really quick. I think his performance in the Champions League final was Very short spe- nothing short of spectacular. He had some key clearances, uh, some key tackles. I believe Phil Foden had a chance in the first half. He was throwing goal, and Rudiger got across to knocked the ball away. Um, as well, I believe it was him that ran into Kevin De Bruyne in the second half. So was that, I think that was the collision there. So he, you know, not, not intentionally, but he greatly nullified Manchester city's attacking options in the second half as De Bruyne had to go off. But, um, yeah, Rudiger was a player I thought Chelsea was going to move, move on from him and Andreas Christensen as well. Um, and obviously, Christensen had to play a big role in that game because Thiago Silva he he was hurt. He went off with injuries. So just the way that Chelsea's defense has really been solidified under Tuchel is uh, it just shows his quality, man. PSG PSG didn't want him. They didn't want him. They uh, they got rid of him and look where they ended up and look where Chelsea ended up. So I think that's really spectacular that in and of itself and what he's and what Tuchel has accomplished in the last couple months there. What, what, the what, what? Yeah. What do you think about that?
0: The way I see it, um, you know, Tuchel deserves a lot of respect for what's happened, but I still don't see him. He's like the lowest of the top managers in my eyes. Like there are a ton of managers I still pick ahead of him. Um, You know, Champions League obviously is the biggest trophy you can win at at the club level. But then you got to remember that, you know, a lot of luck can come into play in the Champions League. You know, a few lucky draws, you get Porto. Um, a, few, a few injuries to the opposite teams. You got Real Madrid playing without Frillin Mendy, without uh, Sergio Ramos, with a pretty broken ben, Karim Benzema, still pushing to the edge. You know, a little bit of luck can come into play. Yeah. I want to see this over a 38-week span in England. You know, that's what I want to see because, I, I, you know, I'm impressed. A Champions League, you know, hats off. And I, um, I was rooting for Chelsea in the final. I know uh, as an Arsenal fan, I understand why you wouldn't, you know. Um, Unfortunately, Arsenal's always had this grip on the, like what London is for yeah. so many years. It's always been red. But now that Chelsea's been perennially winning in England as well as two Champions League titles, Champions Leagues, yep. you know, it's a very, very hard argument to make for Arsenal to be red still at this point. And
1: for me, red, yeah. for
0: me, for no, me, never sorry, for London to be red. And like, for me, I, I will still prefer Chelsea, Arsenal, because I prefer historical value. You know, even if Arsenal isn't at the top of the top right now, they still have never been relegated once in their history. Yeah. They're still the only team in Premier League history to go unbeaten for over a 38 game span. So these,
1: these accomplishments are historical. Chelsea winning that Champions League was the last weekend. Like, that's very present in the minds. It's tough. It's tough. But um, I guess
0: it's just me that, like, I, I just value historical value. Uh, you know trophies and achievements a lot more than the others but you know Chelsea hats off to them like you uh, said here Chelsea won their second Champions League in nine seasons um Antonio Rudiger fantastic play after Tiago Silva came off I really wanted Tiago Silva to win a title because Tiago Silva missed out on it last year um you know he never got to win anything with Milan in terms of the Champions League so I'm I'm happy he got a title uh I know you're probably not the biggest fan of Olivier Giroud in terms of his Arsenal time maybe (laughs) of his France time you're a fan, but I'm excited for Olivier Giroud. Always been a stand at his work. Hopefully, uh, from what I understand, he's coming to Milan in the coming weeks. Um, So, you know, exciting times ahead.
1: And, uh, Malin, I I know you you were saying it just earlier, a couple minutes ago, you wanted to get into this whole uh, white-blue side. Uh, The floor (laughs) is yours, my friend. I know you have a lot to say on the uh, City half of this tie.
0: Pep Guardiola, Pep Guardiola. You know, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you see every single time uh, Pep is to play like a big Champions League game, I'm there tweeting and I'm there disrespecting and I'm there abusing this guy. The one time I don't say a word, this guy finally proves me right. Pep Guardiola overcomplicates it yet again and chokes a game that they should have won with ease. The team is, by and large, much better than Chelsea's team. It, it, there's just There aren't many excuses as to why Manchester City should have lost that game. No. Uh, sure, Kevin De Bruyne got injured. That's not the only option you have. Phil Foden... Thiago Silva
1: like, got injured for the other side. If exactly. we're talking injuries, it, both teams suffered injuries in this match, right?
0: And like you mentioned, Antonio Rudiger's block on Phil Foden, that was easily about to be 1-1. Yep. Uh, so to say that they lost attacking firepower, it's, it's false because, you know, you got the likes of Phil Foden, who's what, twenty twenty one, He's already lighting it up for Manchester City. Mm-hmm. Um, they played, uh, just look at the notes here, no Fernandinho in the starting 11. Uh, not, you know, they went with a more uh, young look rather than the more experienced look in Fernandinho. Not really a proper center forward. Aguero did get subbed on. I'm not sure, actually, did Gabriel Jesus start? I'm not entirely no, sure. but No,
1: Aguero and Jesus both came off the bench. So you had two of your most centrally forward, high up-the-pitch players starting on the bench when you had Sterling and De Bruyne, who are not typical center-forward players. Not only uh, that. Starting in the lineup. That was fascinating to me. I texted you that morning when we when the game was kicking off. I said, Sterling up top and De Bruyne starting up top again? This is not where they naturally play. i like, look. Pep Pep got them to this point based on these tactics and and running these formations out. yeah, it'll get you to a certain extent, but is it going to win you the title or is it going to win you the the competition? No, and that's that was my biggest worry. and I know I know for you a lot of what you talk about with Pep is how he overthinks stuff, how he overthinks big matches. I don't know it was gonna bite him this time, but it did and uh, it it showed because they're
0: it was it was very questionable because the thing is sterling. Although he's a quality, quality player, you know, I'd say he's worth over 100 million in this current uh, market. Um, he has had a horrific season. He has not been good goal scoring wise. So why on earth would you put him in the goal scoring position for you? Um, the most important position that you missed out, forget Fernandinho, where the hell was Rodri? Where was Rodri? Yeah. Literally, for me, the most important player, apart from maybe Ruben Diaz and Manchester, City, Manchester City's team this year. Because he's irreplaceable. He And you saw it. Because the way this 4-3-3 worked is that, um, you know, they also didn't start, uh, I believe, uh, Cancelo. They started um, Kyle Walker ahead of Cancelo. Both fullbacks pushed into more of a defensive mid-roll, yep. which exposed that, that wing-back role for the wingers to run in, which is why Mason Mount was able to put in that beautiful through ball into Kai Havertz, who was easily just around, uh, able to get around the keeper and put it in the back of the net. It was
1: up. just... Finish your point. Finish your point. I'm just looking at
0: the lineups here, you know. Yeah, no, it was just very questionable. Like I don't understand. Like Rodri is for me. Before he came to Man City, he was the best player in the world at his position that season that he played at Atletico. He came into Madrid. Uh, he came into City. He had a he had a quiet first year. This year, he's gotten back to that form. I don't. Mm as a defensive midfielder he's one of the best out there right now and for whatever reason he wasn't started in this role uh, the, he i believe he started uh gundawan as a defensive player which gundawan is your most best attacking player this season why the hell is he playing defensively it was just this typical yeah. bald guy just exposed on the biggest stage as always i'm tired of having to tell everyone that pep guardiola is a bald fraud but it's true
1: look man I'm looking at the one-ups, right, and it's Bernardo Silva, Phil Foden, Raheem Sterling, and Riyad Mahrez. All started. Do these players not kind of seem like they're playing the same roles? It's good. They it's are. great to have strength and depth and these options, but these are four players that you look at. It and Typically, you wouldn't be lining them up in a one formation. You gotta have. You gotta have range. They didn't play with a, a typical striker slash center forward. Their midfield: Bernardo Silva, Phil Foden, and Gundogan. Gundogan. That's three very blended central midfielders. And they're not even typically central midfielders. No cover with, like, no Fernandinho is astonishing to me. There's no midfield cover there. Uh, the defense, fair enough. It was shaped up as it should be. But the rest of the, like, the midfield and, and up is just, it's fascinating. This decision that that Pep came to on that one. I have no idea why, like, look, uh, Aguero, he's not, the player he once was, but you're saying for his send-off game, you can't throw the him last dance him?
0: exactly. Like he's still gonna listen. If you put Aguero, everyone's. uh I've seen a lot of debates right now. Aguero officially, by the way, signed for Barcelona. I believe two days ago. Yep. I've seen a lot of debates that you know he's washed. I don't know why the hell they did it. He'll score a good 13 to 14 goals next season. You mark my words. You yes. this video in La Liga, he'll score a good 14 goals because he is a quality, quality forward. He, he should we be starting in a Champions League final.
1: We saw it with Luis Suarez. Barcelona thought this man was Danish goods, and then he went and led this Atletico team to the title. So it's definitely a league where older players can succeed. It's not as physical; it's more technical, technicality based in the La Liga. We know that, but yeah, I, it's from a city standpoint. Man, and I guess we we can move on after this. But where where do you see them going from here? I feel like. They're obviously going to run it back. They're not getting rid of Pep. They're probably going to bring in some big, some couple big signings this summer as they tend to do. Jesus Christ. These where, guys can't
0: stop. man.
1: Where would you go forward if you're Manchester City? Like, have you maxed out with this side? Like what tweaks need to be made? Or is it just down to it, Pep overthinking big games?
0: It's such a difficult question. Um, They're not getting rid of Pep Guardiola. No, no matter what no matter what happens, you still have one of the best managers to ever manage at the club level in Pep Guardiola. Yep, he's always so far. As so much as far. I call him a fraud, it's the truth. It is the truth. And um, you know, there aren't many upgrades you can make managerial-wise out there right now.
1: He's um, for me, he's the best manager in the world, even if he was the Champions League final on Saturday.
0: There's there's another bald man that manages in uh, in the city of Milan, but I, I I'm playing I'm playing um but anyways I, I don't really have an opinion <laughs> on that but as I was saying you mentioned that uh a lot of the players they have are all in the same positions I yeah. wholeheartedly agree um you know Mares primarily is playing on the right wing but he is you know he's a very good attack minded he could play in the central position same way as Phil Foden same way as Renato Silva same way as Kevin De Bruyne uh same way as Raheem Sterling all these players are the same players like you just said And you've got to figure out what you don't need because Pep spent a lot of years right now building what he, he got from what I'm uh, in my opinion, what he has right now, he doesn't need much more. He doesn't need any more. He has arguably a top three goalkeeper in the world and Ederson after. Uh, Cancelo for me was the best fullback, best right back in the world this year. Uh, Zinchenko, uh,
1: who's who's turned out to be a class player under pep
0: like he's it's been fantastic he's taken a while
1: but he's gotten there.
0: he converted him from a central midfielder into a fullback and he has been fantastic there no matter who you have next to ruben diaz they'll be fantastic you've got the likes of Imeric laporte playing on the bench you, you don't need that um you know you got rodri for me one of the best in his position fernandinho brings a lot of quality even at his age of 34 35 i believe uh we're not even going to go into the attacking stuff, the, the attacking positions they have, because we know, right? And, you know, they lost Aguero, and yet they still have a chance at what? Holland, I believe. Since Holland is probably going to uh, be in Manchester. for
1: one of Holland, Harry Kane, one of those top, top center forwards. It's, it's just ridiculous.
0: Like, I, I want to try to ask myself, like, what do they need to get over the hump? But they don't need any – They have the team built. Like, you don't need a single thing. This is literally all, this all comes down to Pep overthinking it. Why was this done? Well, like he, it's because I was talking to one of my buddies. Um, the way it is, is Pep thinks he's smarter than he is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's a great manager, but he always thinks he's smarter than he really is. He thinks playing, uh, you know, a, a, the best attacking player of your season in a defensive role is gonna work out, and then you're gonna have the last laugh because you made it work out. No, if it would have worked out, it would have been a pure luck. Because it's common knowledge that the guy that scored the most goals through this season should not be playing in a defensive mid role. No, it's just. I've told people for years, and everyone's called me, like, you know, a hater, uh, whatever it is about Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola would not have won the Champions League he has won without Messi. It's the fact. Because yeah. Pep Guardiola wouldn't, no matter how much you overcomplicate, when you have the likes of Pep Guardiola, I mean Pep Guardiola, Lionel Messi, uh, Xavi and Iniesta, you're winning. You're winning. That prime era, you are winning whatever it takes. Six trophies in one season, whatever it is, you're winning. Uh he's he's being exposed for just being smart thinking he's smarter than he is. And you know, I'm sorry to tell everyone he's still a fantastic manager, but this is what I've been telling you guys for years now, and it is what it is.
1: For him, for for Pep, and this is we can uh this will be my last point on this, but Mo when you talked about how you want to see Tuchel do it over a 38 game stretch of a league campaign. That's what Pep has mastered, right? He's mastered yeah. his formula for the long run, but in he overthought it last year against Lyon. He he almost, I, I wouldn't say overthinking against uh, Tottenham against no, Dortmund, but in the Tottenham game, it was just a lot of crazy circumstances in that one. But agreed. he's got really unlucky for sure in some of these ties. But yeah, last year, massive, massive overthink, I think, against Lyon. And yeah, again, this year in the final, it's happened again. Pep Guardiola, has happened again, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we have a note here. Best performance slash most disappointing. Yeah, for me, most disappointing has to go to Pep, honestly. Because that's Agreed. the 11 players he put out on the pitch, right? Actually, I wouldn't
0: even say – for me, that's not disappointing. I expected it. But, yeah, I, I, I can see why it would be disappointing to, the, like, the majority. Because he's the best uh, – arguably the best manager right now, right? He should not be doing this in Champions League final. He should just not.
1: <laughs> Especially with the pedigree he has in other competitions. Like, if <laughs> I don't know why Pep Guardiola, and this isn't this is me being serious. I'm just having a laugh right now. But if Pep, if Pep Guardiola goes to the players and says, "What's look, it's the Carabao Cup final. Think of it that way. Do they win? Because they dominate that competition.
0: <laughs> it's not them, bro. It's really not them. It's really not them. Because the players, no, there isn't a single player on the pitch for Man City that disappointed me, in my opinion. Like, they all played how they normally play. Uh, Or if they played a little bit lower, it's because of the position they were in, you know, this all comes down to the person at the helm, the person that overcome to have one shot on target over 98 minutes, they had like seven minutes added seven minutes out of time
1: in the second half.
0: When I saw that, I I was like, I was already starting to fall asleep because you know, I, I, as much as you know, I said I didn't fall asleep during this final, I was starting to fall asleep because it was too much. (laughs) Um, I was starting to fall asleep, but I see seven minutes. Like, oh my God, just hurry up. I want to see Conte lift the trophy already. Mm. Like, hurry up. And you couldn't get more than one shot on target? Disgraceful. Disgraceful.
1: It'll be uh, interesting conversations in the blue half of Manchester this summer. That's for sure. Um, Let's move on to the red half, though, with the uh, Europa League final. That's uh, just, that's a place just over a week ago now, Mullen. I know you were, you were pretty, pretty excited for this one. Um, just based off what I've seen, like we, we've talked about and what you've tweeted about on Twitter, Villarreal, uh, defeat Manchester United on penalties 11, 10 to, to secure their first ever European title. Um,
0: sounds yeah, like, like a I, FIFA score.
1: It, it's <laughs> I saw, like I, I watched the, I watched, but just going to 11, 10 on penalties was absurd. Like you'd never expect that. And, uh, yeah, Villarreal had a spectacular game, I think. Um, Manchester United came into this game thinking they probably had the tournament wrapped up. They had yeah. the, the trophy wrapped up. Um, and it just didn't happen for them. Unai Emery, the Unai Emery League. Uh, he claims another Europa League title. Yeah, what were your thoughts on this Europa League final?
0: Uh, good evening. Yeah. Uh... You know, Una Emery uh, does it again in the Europa League, the king of the Europa League. um, You know, it seems that the only team that can stop him in Europe is uh, is Arsenal because that's the only team he couldn't (laughs) win with. He he wins with everybody else. But um, like you said, Man United, it seemed like they thought the game was done before it started. They seemed like they thought they won already. Uh, Clearly wasn't the case. Villarreal had a monster class defensively. Um, Rashford missed, I believe, at least two. Or maybe it was just one that I remember. Big, big chances that would have put them ahead. Um, good goal by Edison Cavani. Uh, Villarreal was just fantastic defensively. Yeah. Full credit to Pal Torres. What a player at that young age! He's already that good. I can only, uh, you know, the move to Barcelona, or Real Madrid is coming soon. Um, it, it's the truth. He's he's so he's way too good. Um, you know. They won their first trophy, I believe, in Europe mm-hmm. in their history. I'm ecstatic for uh Villarreal fans. You know, they've always been a, a club that's a bit mid-table in Spain, just because there's so many good Spanish clubs. But you know, after after a rough regular season, I believe they uh, regular season, uh
1: <laughs> league
0: league campaign, <laughs> um they they finish in a Champions League spot in pot one of all yeah. places, mm-hmm. Villarreal and part one. Um, but yeah, the, for me, the main point I really want to talk about really quick, not quickly. Like it's something I really want to address is um, the racist abuse that Rashford received uh, post match on social media. And I just don't understand how these people can call themselves fans. When like one bad performance will take you to abusing someone over something, someone has no control over Like, their skin color you know mm-hmm. um there was i believe rashford actually tweeted saying uh it's been 20 minutes and i've already gotten 500 messages about me being a monkey or something and then uh someone replied and he he went and screenshot this and quoted the tweet someone replied good man you deserve it what uh, unbelievable man it's i was yeah people
1: don't have the ability and especially it's like racism is always unfortunately it's always been a thing but people especially now with the way that twitter works and acts as it's an echo chamber of your thoughts you can just post whatever on there you think and you can post it in five seconds um we, we both know this but people don't have the ability it seems to separate what they see on tv as a football match like what it's ridiculous like how can you not separate that match 90 minutes 120 minutes however long it may be get on with your day like what's it's insane but it's the way a lot of people it's it's very prevalent now because people feel that they can just share whatever that comes to mind and unfortunately it's a lot of racist comments so I don't know when it's like we can talk about when it's not going to keep like when this is going to come to an end I don't I don't think it will like there's always going to be people there's always segments of fan bases and whatever Club in Manchester United is a massive club, so you're gonna have a one hundred percent.
0: So even we didn't mention it, but even uh the likes of Raheem Sterling and Kyle yep. Walker went through the same abuse post-Champions League final. And um, you know, I'm glad they take it, you know, the way they do, they because people are just gonna be freaking assholes. I'm I'm sorry, excuse my French, they're gonna be freaking assholes, and I, they these players don't deserve what they because you know they play hard. Marcus Rashford is a fantastic player. One bad game does not define him. Uh, neither for Kyle Walker, or Raheem Sterling. Yeah, no, uh, Raheem Sterling and Kyle Walker both went through some of the same backlash. And I'm glad, you know, both parties, both Manchester United and Manchester City uh, players, you know, take it the way they do. They show awareness to the issue at hand and they don't let it, you know, define them Uh you know fans really need to be better it's it, there just comes a point where the, enough is enough and yeah racism should never be anything in the first place let alone enough but there just comes a point where you need to shut up and get off of social media if that's well, just the kind get of on with, with your
1: day just get on with your day man like it's yeah watch the match be my guest everybody can do that but just be able to separate what you see on the pitch or on the screen or wherever, however you're watching it. And just the rest of it's just life. Like life goes on. How do I, I don't get the comments and the abuse. It's, it will never make sense to me, but again, I'm not someone who partakes in that behavior online and neither I use. So you know, it will never make sense to us, I guess, just some, some people out there. Right. So.
0: 100% agreed. Um, the one other point that I really wanted to make about the Europa League final, um, mm. the big story was David de Gea, who uh, in the penalty shootout, coming into the penalty shootout, he had not saved a penalty since 2016. Yeah, uh, has now conceded over 20 straight penalties in the last five years. I there were a lot of people that were blaming de Gea for the result, but at the same time, I don't
1: think you, you still got
0: to the penalty shootout. Why didn't you score goals over 120 minutes of <laughs> gameplay? You if know, if
1: you're if you're in the penalty shootout, it's a lottery. It's a lottery. It's what it is. You can't blame Look, you can blame. And I guess, yeah, ultimately whoever makes the mistake and the misstep and the penalty shoot up on missing or whatnot, whoever slips up gets the blame, but it's such a very, it's a reactionary take that is to me. And it's a penalty shoot up. It's really draw the hat. Whatever happens happens. And obviously it could have gone other way on this day with Villarreal's, but it's obviously not a it's not a great staffer to, to concede that many penalties, but again, when you're from the penalty spot, that's a very high percentage chance to being scored, right? So it's it's expected. Maybe not that many, but it's it's just it, it is what it is. Like I don't think that's gonna really take away from his legacy as a as a great goalkeeper, right?
0: I would say, in my humble opinion, though, that he has regressed over the last few years. And Definitely. at least in these penalties, Definitely. there were some pens had no business going in on uh, on Villarreal's half. Uh, they started going down the middle. <laughs> like, you don't go down the middle in penalty shootouts. You yeah. never go down the middle in penalty shootouts. If they're going down the middle, it's because they know that De Gea is not saving it. Uh, I believe it was Mario Gaspar that got a very fluky pen because it, it basically went into De Gea's hand and still went mm-hmm. in. Yep. It's just it just seemed to it was not to his day whatsoever, and then to cap it off, he missed the penalty to you know keep the penalty shootout going. Uh, you know I can only imagine what where his mind was at that point, and I hope it doesn't really eat him up because he's still a fantastic player. As much as he has regressed in the last few years, he's still a great player, one of the best goalkeepers of the last decade, in my opinion. And um, and yeah, um, as we said, you know Unai's men were really that good and uh, full credit to them and man united did not come prepared for this match
1: i want to ask you one question uh paul pogba he was sub- he substituted off right before the penalty shootout what are your thoughts on that cuz pogba's typically a guy who takes penalties uh, he's taken them oh he's taken a lot of penalties in the past why i'd keep him on just for that if if the game looks like it's going to penalties what are your thoughts on that substitution by it?
0: I never know what to make of Mino clients anymore. I'm not going to lie,
1: because
0: we've spent the entire season being told by people that Paul Pogba does not want to be here. He was telling people he wants to be here. Everyone else, including Mino is telling us this is Pogba's last year. He'll be gone by July. You know, I don't really know what it is going on there. Maybe he really does want to. And that's why uh, Ole didn't want to take a chance of, this guy doesn't want to be here next year. Why would I want to put him... With a, the game on the line in a penalty shootout, why would I want him to shoot shoot the ball right now, right? Right.
1: Yeah. Um, Perhaps that's that's interesting. I just I just
0: don't know what's happening. I really don't know anymore because I we're seeing right now with Donnarumma, we don't know where he's going because no one seems to want him. Yeah. Um. Well, no he, one he's seems...
1: wanted, but it's just a matter of where. Where do going you put him? Exactly. Where do you
0: put him? Yeah. Like you're not replacing Ter Stegen. I'm sorry, not yet. And Ter Stegen is earning yeah. way too much money to be sold. You're not replacing Shazni. Chesney. Shazni's earning too much, and he's not going to be sold. You're not replacing Keylor Navas because Keylor Navas is one of the best goalkeepers in the game. Where else are you be going to be getting that nine million that you're asking for? You know, it's just I don't really know what's happening. There's rumors that he will be signed and then loaned, which is tra- tragic for a generational goalkeeper. But um, in any wow. case, I don't I don't really know what to make of um, Minorio's you know clients. I don't really know what it is. I I love Paul Pogba. I think he's a fantastic player. I think he gets a lot more slack than he deserves.
1: Far more and slander than he's, he's worthy of. 100% agree um, on that.
0: And I don't know what happens this summer, but I hope he has a good Euros and whoever picks him up is going to be picking up a gem. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, we'll see a few weeks. And obviously we'll be keeping track of that. Uh, of course, we'll be keeping up, up to date with the footballing and sports world as we do. Moen, um, are we done with the Europa League final, and do we want to get on to some manager movements?
0: I believe so. Let's get it going. Let's,
1: let's get going. So, the big news of the week, um, and I guess not of the day, this is last week, but Zinedine Zidane officially exits Real Madrid. He had a very respectable, solid stint as manager. He didn't get them back to the Champions League uh, win, as he did in his first stint, but he got them to the Liga title last year. Um he got them to the Champions League semifinal this year, just falling short. And this year, they also finished second on the final day. They they had a chance to win the title. They won right down to the final day. Um, as we've talked about many times, Milan, Real Madrid this season were riddled with injuries throughout. Um, and yes, Zidane cites a lack of faith in the board and those above him as the reason for his exit. Uh, Real Madrid, again, Milan, is one of the most... Hostile working environments in world of football as manager. The expectations there are sky high, just as they are at Chelsea. um Chelsea and Madrid, for me, are the two clubs where it's so much manager turmoil just because of expectations. Um, Carlo Ancelotti will replace him. He returns after uh, his very successful stint as manager with Madrid back when they won the champ when they won La Decima in 2014. Uh, what's your thoughts on all this? I was very surprised to see Ancelotti as the man to return to return and pick up, pick up uh, from where Zidane left off. I thought that was going to go to Antonio Conte. We'll get to him later. But, uh, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on the situations at Real?
0: Um, I'm, you know, as a fan of Carlo Ancelotti for many, many years, I'm ecstatic for Carlo specifically. Uh, I've always believed that Everton was, was beneath him. Uh, with all due respect to Everton, it's just we're talking about one of the best managers to ever manage. Uh, other than Spain, he's won the league title in every single league. Uh, he's won Champions Leagues. He's one of the best cup managers around, one of the best man managers in history, in my humble opinion. And, uh, I'm, you know, for him, there's no pressure. Uh, the thing is, mo- like you said, the most hostile work environment in sports, in my opinion, is the Real Madrid managerial job. Yeah. No matter what you do, you'll get destroyed and slandered. Carlo Ancelotti is at an old age right now. When he first came to Real Madrid, he did what he had to do. He won them La Decima. He he has nothing else to prove at Real Madrid anymore. All he has to prove is to himself that he can win a title in Spain. Which, if he was one point off this year with fifty plus injuries, <laughs> I can only imagine what's going to happen next year. Right. Uh, he's not even first of all. He's not even going to have to make many changes. Um, for me, I don't know. A lot of people have said carlos Ancelotti has regressed. He's not the same manager he once was. I think he's fantastic. And you've got to also remember the most important thing about Real Madrid currently. Um, as we know, the Super League stint, a stunt, pardon me, not stint, was mm-hmm. created primarily by Real Madrid. Yeah. Meaning there aren't a lot of top, top managers that will want to be part of that you know, turmoil right now. Um, Carlo Ancelotti is one of the best you can get that would still be willing to work mm-hmm. through a president that is f- pushing for a Super League and pushing for Champions League at the same time, which makes no sense since they're supposedly the same competition, um, saying they have no budget to work with, meaning he has no one to buy, so he can't really improve the team, which also makes no sense because you have millions of players that are just sitting on the bench or being loaned out at all times.
1: And you're Real Madrid, man. Like You're
0: Real Madrid. You are making money just by existing. Real
1: Madrid doesn't have money?
0: Just by existing, you are making money um so on honestly i'm ecstatic for carlo uh i i'm just hoping hoping to god they win la liga next year i could care less about any other competition i just want carlo's legacy to be cemented as one one of the best managers ever um he could honestly retire after that what else does he have to prove
1: uh yeah honestly nothing i don't think he has anything else to prove he's he's done it pretty much everywhere he's gone he's won champions league He's had a very successful career as a manager. I, um, for him, if I was him, I'd, I don't know if I'd go take the Madrid job, but clearly it was enticing enough to take it. So, it's, I have a yeah.
0: I have a quick question for you. Do you believe? Because I was talking to a few people, and um, they're honestly of, not of the same opinion as me. But do you believe Carlo Ancelotti is past it?
1: Um, no, and I'm gonna say because this year, look, Everton were. They got off to a great start this year. Uh, obviously, they cooled off, cooled way off by the end. They lost 5-0 on the final day. Do I think he's passed as a manager? No, not at all. I don't think so. Well <laughs> yeah, he would have let that so much seven years ago now. But still, he he got them to the Champions League within the last decade. He's – I don't think he's – and also, like, this season in the Premier League is a very odd season right like no fans the atmosphere that plays into it obviously that doesn't play into in those tactics on the pitch but there's a reason if Carlo Chilotti was past it i don't think he'd get the madrid job i think madrid would work elsewhere and clearly they see something in him uh it could just be the connection they've had in the past but i don't I, if he was past it i don't think he'd get that job off on the table so no not at all
0: i i wholeheartedly agree and um you know, if you look at it on paper, yeah, it looks like both Bars and Madrid have downgraded big time because they're both being managed by former Everton managers. <laughs> but you know, when you think about the fact that Carlo Ancelotti was once managing Everton, that's utter disrespect to Carlo Ancelotti's legacy.
1: In the West, but yeah, yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> you know, I whenever I think if someone were to tell me that he's washed or finished. Um, the first year that Ronaldo came to Serie A, uh, Carlo Ancelotti with a budget of 30 million to use, which is peanuts in, yeah. uh, in this in this day and age, he finished with 80 plus points in second place. Mm-hmm. So, you're, by my calculations, if Cristiano Ronaldo does not join Juventus, they win the league. Yeah. The, uh,
1: the math shows, right? showed. The math shows. If you win 80
0: plus points, in a, in a Serie A season, you're winning the league.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: um, you know, I think Carlos is going to be a fantastic uh, addition to uh, Real Madrid. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens now, who gets transferred where. Uh, you know, there are rumors even building now that they might see if Ronaldo is available and see if they can pick up Ronaldo this summer. But I don't know, me personally. I feel Florentino Perez and Ronaldo alike are both a little bit too prideful to be coming back to each other. Uh, yeah. so we'll see where that goes from there. But it'll be an interesting summer. It'll definitely be an interesting summer.
1: Uh yeah, that's one to keep an eye on is if Cristiano Ronaldo moves. Uh, would you want him as Real Madrid? I mean, I, it would be hard to say no to having him on your team, but at this advanced stage, granted, he's still he still puts goals in the net, he's still doing what he's paid to do, but and then again, the managerial situation at Juventus, which we're going to talk about in a minute, was a disaster. Would you take him, though, if you're Real Madrid? If, you, if Cristiano Ronaldo was available, would you take him back?
0: I mean, the way I see it, vibes are a very important thing in life. And, you know, when you think of Real Madrid and you think of Cristiano Ronaldo, that's vibes, right? So, you know, take him. But he's not you better not expect this guy to be scoring the same goals he scored for you back then. Exactly. You better not be expecting him to dribble past people the way he did back then because he's not he's regressed he's not the same as much player. as as much as Ronaldo fans want to keep crying that I'm a Ronaldo <laughs> hater. It's the truth, he's regressed, he's not the same player he once was. Yeah, and uh, he can still score, but ultimately, where was he against Porto? Where was he against Milan? Where was he against Inter? Where was he against Napoli? All the big teams, he was very quiet. So we'll see what, wherever he goes i believe he's going to be gone this summer and wherever he goes i want to see how he does in a new atmo- environment in a new atmosphere
1: you believe um, you believe he's going to be gone this summer
0: i 100% believe it i don't believe he's staying
1: Just for me what teams could take what clubs could take on his wage bill or his wage commitments
0: psg is the first one that comes to mind real madrid's there uh, man united can always take anyone because like li- likewise to uh, real madrid they've always they're always making money just by existing you know man city could i don't think he'd ever go to man city no uh byron could i don't think he would go to Bayern. Fit
1: with Bayern's model of how they develop and if, no they're not taking a 36 i, th- I think year they're, now though, i think
0: there's i think there's a good there's a good amount of uh teams that would would be able to sign him this summer though especially f- considering the fact that he doesn't want to be there and they don't want him there it's gonna be definitely less than 100 million this year
1: hundred <laughs> percent but that, that'll be something to keep an eye on I haven't heard much haven't heard much about it but again in football things happen when like that so um, another thing that's happened like this Boen is Antonio Conte being linked with the Tottenham. Um, do you want to talk about this, man? Because I've been off Twitter all day today. Uh, I saw this and I was shocked. So, uh, do you want to take the, would you like to take the floor on this? The
0: only explanation I have for this is that Antonio Conte did not want to manage a team that's in the Champions League because they didn't want to get exposed. Because why? Why on earth would you go to Tottenham Hotspur Football Club? You're coming off of winning Serie A, having the most points of any team, any, any champion in the top five leagues, uh, flourishing the likes of Lukaku, Hakimi, Latar Martinez, uh, uh, Nicola Barella. Uh, all these players were fantastic. And then you decided you're going to Tottenham? You know, I guess maybe I'm happy for Harry Kane. Maybe he really isn't going to leave. Because you know, first and foremost, it was going to be a hard sell to make considering the price. Yeah. Uh, he's still, I believe, on a six-year contract or five-year contract at this point, so it was definitely going to be a hard contract to, to sell off. Uh, so, in terms of Harry Kane, I'm you know he's finally getting a diamond in the rough in Antonio Conte. They're going to be they're going to be a, if they were if this is confirmed and he joins Tottenham, this is going to be a very dangerous team to play. Uh, likewise with Everton, as much as Everton is not the strongest team. There wasn't a single team in the Premier League that said, wow, we're playing Everton. Easy win. No, everyone was scared of coming up against Carlo Ancelotti's teams. And it's going to be the same thing on Antonio Conte if that happens. But I just don't understand why he would downgrade so much. I just don't, I don't get it.
1: And for me, uh, being an Arsenal supporter aside, um, Antonio Conte, historically, is a manager who's been very uh, vocal about what he wants. And if he doesn't get something with the board, he's more than happy to leave and get up and leave. And we saw the Mourinho experiment, how that all went down. And apparently, he did not like uh, what Daniel Levy and the, the above people above him at the club, how they handled transfers and whatnot. I can, I can see this ending very ugly. If if this if this appointment goes through, because it didn't end well at Chelsea, and there obviously this probably different circumstances there. But if Conte doesn't get what he wants, he's more than happy to leave. So yeah, I, I hope it's
0: never ended well for Conte, no matter where he's been. He's he's never he's always been unhappy with the board because he's always gimme gimme gimme, but he never delivers in Europe. And you know when you're Tottenham and you're not playing in Europe, sure that's fine because you first of all. It, If you have Antonio Conte and you don't win the conference league, um, the slander you're receiving from Milano on Twitter, you are never going to be seeing the light of day. Antonio Conte will be bald forever. He's already bald and he has a hair transplant. But the fact that he's hiding with that hair transplant, no. That wig's coming right off when you guys get knocked out of the conference league, if and when that happens. I promise you.
1: I mean, I don't want it to happen. It hasn't been confirmed. It's been rumored, but it sounds like it's in advanced talks. Uh, I, I rate Antonio Conte very highly as a manager. I for him going to Tottenham though it's probably stuff of nightmares for me personally. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see, but I think that'd be quite the pickup from uh, from Tottenham if they get him. That's that's definitely an upgrade over Jose Mourinho in 2021. I, I think for sure. Um, any more thoughts on that, or do we want to get on to uh, Juventus?
0: Oh uh, yeah, let's just talk about Juventus. I say.
1: Yeah, so Allegri is coming back to Juventus after Andrea Pirlo was sacked. Um, was it a was it a sacking or was it a more mutual parting of ways? I'm I feel like it wasn't that of a harsh dismissal, but I could be wrong on that.
0: To be completely honest, I'm not entirely sure. Um, from what I remember, ultimately he's just out of the job, and it was the entire season they were being uh, they were telling the media, you know. Pirlo will be here next year. Pirlo, yeah. no matter what happens, Pirlo will be here next year. We're backing our manager. We're backing this young philosophy and this young, ta- these young tactics from Andrea Pirlo. And the second you have a chance at Allegri, he's gone. Yep. It's um, it's interesting how that worked out. Um, but yeah, Massimiliano Allegri for me, one of the most disrespected managers in the world uh, because he's fantastic, but yet every club seems to not want him. uh he would have been better than Carlo Ancelotti right now, because Car- uh, Allegri, um, one of my favorite quotes by Allegri at, back in his UA days in his first stint was, uh, I am not here to give you a show. I'm here to win football games. Mm-hmm. And if you want to go to a show, go to a circus because we're, we're not, we're not here to give you a show. I feel like I've just repeated that 50 times over because I can't remember the exact quote, but um yeah, I know Allegri is going to be a good addition to Juventus. He's going to bring back some stability because that's what they're missing right now. Um, you know, they're going to be selling Ronaldo and they're going to be in a very rough spot, in my opinion. Uh, their best attacking uh, f- uh, forward would probably be Dybala, but Dybala seems to not get along with Allegri, so it's probably going to be uh, the likes of Morata, which is, if you're Juventus, that's not that's not good, right?
1: Yeah.
0: But, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good pickup for Juventus. Commiserations to Pirlo, not really, but commiserations to Pirlo. Um, And yeah, uh, I'll see what happens with Juventus in terms of what they do with the money they get for Ronaldo this summer, but not really much else to say.
1: Do you think this can propel them right back in a title race? Because Inter seems to be in a bit of a tough situation. They are. Uh, Milan.
0: I think it's wide open.
1: Yeah, I think it's wide open as well. I I think Italy is
0: completely wide open because as we're about to talk about with Inter, Inter is not in a good spot, no matter if they keep the team, even if they keep the team they have right now, Antonio Conte is the most important part of that team. And if he's gone, there's there's not a lot of winning that can happen. Um, Yeah. You know, Juventus, they're not going to be completely stable, but they're going to be better. And um, Atalanta, uh, to be honest, are looking like the favorites uh keeping the stability keeping the team keeping a young the core, continuity
1: yeah
0: uh, the continuity because that's that's the most important thing which is why i'm so happy that we still have um stefano pioli because listen if it isn't broke why fix it right and mm-hmm. uh he's he's been fantastic he's slowly improving this is his first time finishing a spot in his career uh and as i've always said milan has never hired a top manager they've always hired a manager that has been all right and made him into a top manager you look at Carlo Ancelotti we picked him up after his Juve stint he was not good at Juve um Arrigo Saki Fabio Capello all those managers became who they were at Milan right uh likewise with uh Miss Massimiliano Allegri he was first he became he came onto the scene at Milan when he won the league with us um so I believe you know the continuity that Milan has with uh, Pioli it's going to be a big factor as to how they perform next season as you said uh, considering some of the signs they may make this year but I feel Italy's wide open right now and we'll see what happens next year.
1: I think that's just great for the league itself I mean I've talked about this pretty much every time I bring up Serie a, but the fact that this year is so wide open it's it's no longer the Juventus death grip it's it's teams actually have chances to win the title now and I'm not looking forward to seeing Juventus get back in the title race into more prominent part of it. But the fact that Inter is in a really tough position, Milan had really nice progression this year. Atalanta has been in and around the top four and making semi-runs in the Champions League. It's really promising to see that there's more than just one team at the top of Italy for me personally. So do you want to talk about uh, do you want to talk about Inter really quickly, or as long well, as as long as you like? Um, I'll give you the floor on this one. as obviously you're more connected with be it that uh, whole situation.
0: Yes. So um, obviously as we know, Conte um uh, left Inter Milan, and not officially confirmed, but but confirmed by Lukaku's statements earlier today that Simone and Zagi is the replacement at Inter, former Lazio manager. Uh also a massive downgrade but the best you can get considering your 352 um yeah. Simone Inzaghi is the most comfortable apart from Conte in playing the 352 formation and there doesn't seem to be anyone else I can think of that could have replaced him for Inter but this is <laughs> like w- when you go from someone like Conte, like one of the best managers out there to a guy that has just been winning every now and then uh, some trophies at Lazio, you know, some Copas and stuff like that. It's going to be a massive downgrade in my humble opinion. I don't see, like a lot of players bought into Conte, not, not the team. Yeah. Uh, I, As much as Lukaku's confirming that he's staying after speaking with Inzaghi, he was there because of content and no one, not anybody else. He was not there because he's a lifelong Inter fan. Um, Conte brings out the most out of players like Hakimi who are attacking fullbacks. Um, you got the likes of Darmian who he brought so much out of uh, a yeah. wash Manchester United reject. Um, like I was actually, actually young was fantastic. And uh, for some time in Italy right now, and um I don't know if Inzaghi will be able to do the same with Inter, but it's the best you can do. So I, I guess good for you. Yeah. I guess good for you. But
1: do you think there's going to be some big sales this summer? Because that's been the that's been kind of the headline floating around as well. Is that Inter are supposedly in a, in a lot of financial trouble? Hakimi's been linked away from the club for some reason. Arsenal was linked with him. I have no, I have no. Uh, I don't believe that would go through it at all. But like he's been linked to PSG as well. I believe uh wukaku i don't think they'd sell him but do you think there's gonna be some big sales of some key pieces of that team or
0: well the thing is with how their um budget works is basically their owner steven Jang is uh, a chinese owner mm-hmm. and china recently changed their rules that anyone uh owning a company abroad so since enters the company yep. has to pay a lot more taxes he can't invest into this team as much as he wanted to, so he has to make these sales in order to make ends meet, right? Uh, and he re- likewise, he refuses to sell the club, so enters in a spot where they have to sell. Um, mm-hmm. it looks to be that PSG is going to buy him for about 80 million in terms of Hakimi.
1: Hakimi, yeah.
0: For me, the most important thing is that's not going to work if they're not playing with 3 5 2 because Hakimi's fantastic, he's still very young, but he is not going to get better defensively, um, right. What yeah. he is at now is the best you'll get from him defensively. He's still going to become a lot better going forward and creatively. But what you have as a defensive player, you have. Um, if Conte ends up, you know, swerving to him and goes to PSG, then more power to him. I'm sure he, he would love to get Hakimi there. It'd be the perfect signing for him. But I don't think that Conte is going there. I think they'll still pick up Hakimi, but I don't know how well it will work if they're not playing a three-back.
1: That would be a really interesting pickup, though, because I believe Pochettino is I, – I believe Pochettino, if he hasn't already, he's definitely uh, not happy at the situation in Paris. He – apparently he's been in talks with Tottenham. I, I don't know how – I don't know if that's true or not, but the, the point is he's not happy with the, the way things have gone in Paris, so there's likely going to be a managerial, managerial switch there. If I'm Antonio Conte, I'd definitely search out Paris. They have unlimited money. You have a blank checkbook. You have Neymar, you have Mbappe, you have all these pieces. (laughs) It would, for that, that would be, I know I'm going off topic here, but would that not be a perfect fit for the two? Because Conte, unlimited resources, he can get whoever he wants. The owners don't care. Plus, both teams need to make a statement in the Champions League. Both parties need to make a statement that Champions League at be getting over one last hurdle both of them. What were your thoughts if that could happen?
0: You can argue it's actually the worst combination because all they want is the Champions League and Conte is the only person that cannot win in the Champions League. Even Thomas Tuchel can win in the Champions League. The guy that they just fired, you know? So, um, you know, Conte, obviously, if he gets a blank checkbook, it's going to be great for him because Conte, as much as it seems like, you know, backhanded slander, it's not. Conte is a fantastic manager, but he needs the backing that he requires. Otherwise, he's not going to be giving you the results you want. Um, and ultimately, I don't know what will happen. Uh, I in, in a perfect world, I want Conte at PSG. Uh, I want Tottenham to stick with Ryan Mason. <laughs> I don't want Tottenham to have anyone. I, I despise Tottenham. Tottenham is one of those clubs that just talks yeah. as if they're a big club, but they're not. Um <laughs> But, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting next few weeks because, it, like, the second the, fo- the footballing season ended, like, everything went crazy.
1: Everything went out uh, Germany water.
0: went crazy. England went crazy. Uh, Italy, like, every team got a new man. Spalletti joined Napoli. Yeah. Gattuso joined Fiorentina. You got um, Simona Inzaghi leaving Lazio. Lazio most likely getting Sari. Not official yet, though. It, it's just wow. it's crazy it's crazy what's happening in the football world right now and uh I'm, I'm happy to see it i'm happy to see so much change